When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here, back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Excited to bring you somebody that is just Truly outstanding. You're going to love our conversation. But first, I want to thank our sponsor for this month, who is MindBreeze. With MindBreeze Inspire, customer service representatives can easily and quickly search for and find the answers they're looking for to help resolve customer issues or inquiries. All right, let's get into the show. And if you've listened to the show before, you know a couple of quick announcements. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or a question that you want to ask, you can find me on any of the social media channels. And if it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll make sure I answer it right there on this show, maybe in my newsletter, The Shepherd Letter, which you should subscribe to, or my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV, and you can now go to beamazing.tv and download the episodes there as well. All right, let's jump right into this. We are with Noah Dannon today, and she is coming to us all the way from Israel, where she is a co-founder and CEO of Ever After, which uh, she has extensive experience in leading product and user experience teams. Ever After, I'm going to let her give you a brief description of what it is, but essentially the focus of their business is B2B. And it's specifically, they really love to talk about renewal and they love to work with the SaaS industry, software as a service, which means they're the companies that are selling a subscription model. And if you've listened to my show in the past and you've read my books in the past, then you know that I believe that everybody is in the subscription business, even if it's not a formal subscription where you pay and then renew every quarter or every month or even every year. No, your customers, if you're not officially in a renewal business, decide to renew with you every single time they choose to do business with you. So with that in mind, let's bring it on. Noah Dannon from Israel, how are you? I'm well, thank you for having me. Um, It is exciting uh, to be here. And I fully agree that subscription uh, is bringing your customers back um, and and making sure they won't leave to a competitor or just just stop using your service. Yeah, I just yeah. I just wrote a book titled "I'll Be Back: How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again," <laughs> and, and that's what, what we're need. looking for. So, yeah. hey, I want to share with you a story. And you were in the Israeli Air Force, which I think is super cool. So that makes you. And I've never said this word on the show before, but I think you're badass. Okay, I think you're <laughs> you're tough. Thank you were a developer in in the Air Force, and I think that's just yeah. pretty cool. You're really smart. You're you're young. You're everything I want to be. So here here's here's my story. Years ago, I did a speech for the military here in the U.S., and it was for the recruiting offices from the different uh, branches of the armed forces. And one of the questions I asked in my preparation for the speech is, you know, you get them to sign up, you recruit them. 
when do you start getting them to re-enlist? You know, it's like, when do you get them to renew, if you will? And you won't believe what they told me. Now, these people are in for like two years. They sign up and it's like, that's it. Two years, you're gone, right? They owe about two or three weeks before it's time for them to leave. <laughs> I'm thinking most of these people start thinking they want to leave about the first week they're there. Okay. <laughs> So I always thought I'm, I told them I'm going to be talking about that the renewal process starts as soon as they enlist, which is essentially what we should be doing in business in general. Would you agree? And let's take it from there. Yeah, I fully agree. You know, you mentioned um, being at the Air Force and doing uh, coding and development. And yeah, when you're doing it for the, um, for the military, then your customers are basically yours forever because soldiers, they don't have another way to go, right? They, need, they must use the software developed uh, by the army. So this is how it worked back then. And uh, well, we had amazing products, but still um, they were like, <laughs> um, they, they had to use uh, everything we just uh, developed. So this is did, they, did they ever actually have a choice though? Could they have chosen something else? No, you need to take the plant uh, to like this. It, it is. That's it. You're, you're stuck with it, whether you like it or not. But is that's kind of a dangerous place to be, I would think. It's like a monopoly. I mean, the electric companies here in the U.S., it's like, you know, you got no choice. You want your water or you want your electricity or you want your gas. You're going to have to do business with us. And then all of a sudden competition did come along. Yeah. Yeah. So so. In those places, you measure productivity, you measure um, like the time to train new uh, employees or soldiers in, in this case. So you measure other things, but yes, you don't measure satisfaction. <laughs> uh, this is how uh, this world uh, works. So uh, well, it's like, but we it's don't worth- care if you're happy or not, you're going to use the product. Now, that's not realistic in the business world. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's a whole different thing outside. <laughs> Um, So in your opinion, uh, and I want to specifically talk about B2B for a moment, because so many times I get an email saying, when are you ever going to spend more? Or why do you spend so much time with B2C, business to consumer? And I said, well, many times I'm actually talking about B2B, but we go to B2C because they're the easiest examples to relate to because we're all consumers and customers. So I would love your take on why a B2B needs to really be paying attention to customer experience and customer service more than ever. Yes. So, you know, back then in the days, you, uh, you had the buyer persona. You had someone very like executive in the org buying, uh, buying software. And the employees, they were like the same as in the army, right? You, they had to use the product and they didn't have a choice. And so, so it was the same experience um, that our soldiers had uh, back then. But, but now with SaaS going and, and people starting like open their own like uh, SaaS tools, uh, not going to the centralized IT to ask for software, it's more challenging because now you need the buyer persona to agree, but also the users to be happy about it. So B2B is way more challenging than consumer in this way that you have the buyer or decision maker uh, that they need one thing from your product and they need one experience and one, um, and you know, service of those executives is not like service of their users, but you need to keep Uh, both of them happy. So in many cases, you'll have someone managing the the relationship with the executive, and it won't be the same person managing the relationship with the users. So I just uh, had watched a very interesting video. I'm going to see if I could uh, pull up the gentleman's name right now. I may or may not have it. Uh, I don't, but he said it's the difference between the chooser and the user. 
And uh, the person who chooses the software or the product, whatever you're selling, may not necessarily be the user. I used to always, when I was talking with the automotive industry, where I would go in and speak at dealer events, uh, where, you know, car dealerships, uh, we talked about specifically understanding that there's the person uh, who makes the decision to buy the car is not necessarily the person writing the check. Uh, and this is going to sound a little bit chauvinistic, and I don't mean it to be, but this is from 15, 20 years ago, oftentimes a couple would come in, the salesperson would always be addressing the man for whatever reason, yet they could have been dual income family, or it could have been the man was, uh, you know, uh, the person that ran the household while the woman went out and actually earned uh, the money. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but they seem to focus on the man at the time. And, and maybe sometimes that was the economic buyer, the, the chooser. Okay. But who was the user? The woman. And that's really who you had to make happy. So uh, if you don't, I mean, I get what you're saying. And, and to further it, it change it, you use the word personas and, and we'll change this up a little bit. Persona uh, by definition is what are the different types of customers you have? You might have a, a woman versus a man. Those are two different personas. Age groups are different personas. Executives versus frontliners versus IT people, different personas. And many companies have maybe four or five personas that they can identify are their main customers. And I think that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is, uh, this is the challenge. Usually you try to treat everyone the same. It doesn't work this way. Uh, you, need, you can start, you can focus on, on, one, on one type of persona, but you, then you, when you scale, you need to figure out you're not going to give the same experience or service for different type of people or different type of companies. Um, yeah, it definitely changes. So let's talk about this concept of personalization and the word scale, because in my notes, I have personalization at scale. And you specifically say, this sounds like almost an oxymoron. They contradict each other. How can you scale making somebody feel like it's truly personally you know, meant for them? How do you do that? Yeah, you need a lot of data. Uh, you need to uh, you need to first know like for in the B two B, but it's the same in B two C, right? But you in B two B, you want to know the company uh, the the company size and vertical and their goals and what they are trying to do with your product, and what is their setup. So in B two B, it might be the, their existing systems. In B two C, it might be other products they're using uh, or other needs that they have. So the more data you have, you can then personalize, automate, and personalize the experience. So. Uh, to make sure that their onboarding experience is aligned with their goals so they will achieve value quickly uh, according to what they defined as key aspects for their experience. So um, you need data. You need data to make it to make it work at scale if you want personalization. I'm going to give you a little piece of data. Uh, earlier this year, we did a research report. We studied, now it was consumer-based, but I think it applies to what you're talking about here, that 75% of customers are willing to become more loyal to a business if they personalize the experience, personalization. Now, personalization on a micro level me, might mean I walk in, you know my name, you remember what I bought before, but personalization on the scale or to scale on the macro level is you recognize groups of customers kind of all go in the same direction and you're marketing to them. Either way, you're personalizing and either way, I think that's a benefit to the company as well as the customer and endears that customer to you even more. Yeah, I fully agree. So, you know, Amazon uh, is doing it, right? They offer you relevant products according to what you watch, what you add to your car. So everyone, 
uh, at scale need personalization. You cannot say, okay, I'll recommend just those five top products for everyone. It doesn't work. Right. Um, but then, but then even for SMBs, right? You don't need to be Amazon to get personalized with customers. Uh, you need to you need to figure out what is important, which what do you need to know about your customer in order to get personalization for them. Um, so those will be maybe other data points that you need to know about them, but you can definitely get it uh, and then personalize your offering to them and your service to them and everything that is relevant, uh, just with sometimes just a few questions. Right. And uh, let me bring this to the most part of my goal in life is I try to make the complicated simple. And while to me, this is not complicated, just to simplify it even further, Nike has uh, broken up all their customers into personas. Now they have millions of customers, but they know who buys running shoes versus uh, football shoes versus uh, just walking shoes. And as a result, they target promotions and to just that interest of their customers. And they, first of all, they understand who's buying the data and all that. But once they know what they're buying, you, they're not going to send uh, somebody um, basketball shoes on basketball, you know, court shoes, if they've only been buying running shoes, they know that that's going to be a waste and it could turn the customer off. And that customer may say, you know, I don't want any more of their promotions, which leaves them open to accepting promotional material from competitors. And all of a sudden you, you end up losing that customer because you didn't properly personalize the experience at scale. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's true in sales and it's true in customer service. So uh, when a customer calls you and if you know uh, more about the, the customer who, who, who uh, has reached out to you, you'll personalize uh, the support that you're giving them uh, or the help because you know that you're not going to ask them a million of questions. You're going to know upfront who are you talking to, what have they already done with your product or whatever they purchased, and you're going to personalize the conversation with them as well. Yep. And that creates mucho confidence with the customer. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Noah Dannon, the co-founder and CEO of Ever After. Don't go away. We're coming right back. When interacting with a customer, customer service professionals require background and context on the customer's history with the business. But too often, they do not know where or how to access that information. Well, the solution is simple. Organizations must arm their customer service teams with technology that can help make their jobs easier and ultimately offer better customer service, which, of course, also benefits the brand. With MindBreeze Inspire, customer service representatives can easily and quickly search for and find the answers they're looking for to help resolve customers' issues or their inquiries. MindBreeze is a leading enterprise search and information insight provider offering efficient knowledge management for large enterprises. Check them out at inspire.mindbreeze.com. That's inspire.mindbreeze.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. And we are back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Noah Dannon, the co-founder and CEO of Ever After. And now that we've been talking about some really cool ideas uh, earlier in our conversation, Ever After, that is an interesting name. Uh, I want to be happily ever, happy ever, happily ever. I, I want to live with my wife happily ever after. I want to live with my business, uh, my clients. I want them to be you know, thinking, this was great. Tell me, is am I on track? What where'd you come up with the name Ever After? 
Yeah, um, yeah, we like the name and uh, it actually attracts uh, interesting people to the company. Um, but basically, uh, we are about, you know, customer and customer relationship. And there is a big difference, um, like before you get married and you just get to know each other, you go on a date. Uh, and this is one type of relationship. I'm sure most of you have experienced this part. And then you get married and then you live in the same house, right? You, they, they are basically using your product uh, as customers. You need this long term you need them to make them happy if you want them to come back or in you depending on on the model um and this is a different type of relationship right you cannot tell things that are not really really true about your product about your service about what you're doing and it changes right it's like it's now it's reality and someone needs to be in charge on the heavily ever after and in many cases the sales people are not the customer service or customer success people working with customers you need different type of employees to to serve uh, in different stages. So it sounds to me like the salespeople are, are, you know, it's that's who they're for the dating. And then uh, once the, you know, I guess metaphorical marriage takes place when the customer says, I've chosen to do business with you. Uh, the difference though, between it, when you take your vows in, a, in marriage, you take your vows to live happily ever after. And it's long-term forever. We know that doesn't work out most often. <laughs> <laughs> But, but regardless, we make that somewhat of a promise. And by the way, when it doesn't work out, it can become very costly for the couple uh, or for one or both of them for that matter. But in the business world, salespeople are definitely there in the courting stage. And it's the success people that take over and the support people. And I believe the, the words, you know, like, oh, it's the customer service department. That's wrong. Everybody's in customer service. It's the customer retention department, the customer revenue generation, the repeat customer department, whatever you want to call them. They're the ones responsible for making sure the customer comes back, you know, in customer success and customer service. Yeah. And, and getting a customer back should be way cheaper than getting a new customer. No kidding. So, you know, all the stats and facts <laughs> point to that, don't they? Yeah. So this is why companies invest a lot of, um, a lot of time and resources in post-sales experiences. Uh, they need new customers, of course, all the time, but they also want the renewal. They want the customer to come back because it, it should be much easier. It does depend on the experience you are providing them. Uh, but, but if you're doing everything right, they will be back. Now, now, this is really interesting for me. You're in the subscription model business. And yeah. in the subscription model business, renewal is one of the most important indicators of success. And it also indicates what a company could eventually be sold for. Because if you've got a really high renewal rate of retaining 90, 95% of your customers, when somebody decides, I want to sell the company, the people who are going to buy it are going to pay a huge multiple of the sales because of the high retention rate. And obviously, if that retention rate is lower, they're going to pay less. Well, that's the same in any business. If, if we have customer churn, and to your point, Noah, it's much less expensive to keep that customer than to keep finding new ones to replace ones that are lost. So what, what's your suggestion on uh, keeping that renewal rate high or that churn rate low? Yeah, you know, it starts from day one, even before the, the marriage, right? Because you need uh, the sales team to, to really understand what they're selling. You want them to sell to the right customer, the right persona that we've discussed in the first part in order to make sure, uh, at least try to make sure that they are going to renew and they're going to come back. Uh, so you need your sales team aligned. And in many companies, they compensate sales only on successful renewals or like 
take less um, less compensation if the renewal didn't happen, just to make sure the salespeople will get the right customers in, um, to the company. And then you need to yeah. be transparent with what is going on, right? We need to be transparent with the customer about what they're going to get, because then they will get disappointed if if you they expected one thing and um, and got another. And sometimes you need to over deliver uh, just to make sure the the experience is wow. Uh, the first time they touch the product or log into your product is like something super, um, it should be a um, great experience for them in order to make sure that this, in many, in many companies, the first, uh, the first call or the first service ticket uh, should be, uh, should be completed immediately, right? They have like an, a special SLA for the first, uh, for the first contact of the customer to make sure that the first time they contact support is amazing. Just but should, feel this. shouldn't that same SLA be uh, for the second, the third, and the fourth time? Potentially, but you have you are limited in your resources, so you prefer to keep the, like think about you when you uh, when you buy something for the first time and you call the service and they like immediately get it solved right away. You feel really good about their service, right? So if in the second time you'll wait a bit more, you'll be okay because you trust them already. You think that they are. I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. You're not saying just wow them at the beginning and let them fall off at the end. Yeah. You know, uh, you and I joked about a little story. I'll go ahead and share it now. Uh, a man dies and goes to heaven. He gets to the pearly gates and there's St. Peter saying, hey, we're doing things different now. You definitely qualify for heaven. But today we are allowing you to go downstairs and visit with St. Lucifer and see what they do down below. And if you like it down there, you could stay there. You could come up here, but you get your choice. And look, the guy said, wow, pretty incredible. So the first day he spends in heaven and it's beautiful. There's people walking around so, you know, quiet and it's, there's harp music in the background. The next day, St. Lucifer takes him downstairs and there's a party. And these people are partying like rock stars. And uh, the guy goes back up to heaven and he says to St. Peter, he goes, you know what? I really enjoyed it up here, but I'm kind of a party animal myself. I think I'd like to go down there and spend my eternity downstairs. And with that, St. Lucifer takes them downstairs. And as soon as they get down there, walks right by all the people partying, goes into a small little cell where he is chained to a wall. And St. Lucifer says, this is where you spend the rest of eternity. And the guy says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yesterday, you guys were partying and we were having such a great time. And St. Lucifer says, yesterday, you were a prospect. Today, you're a customer. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great story to tell. And um, I, and- I don't know if I, I, I don't like that story, but it's a funny story because it's sometimes it's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is why, this is, uh, this is why focusing, like focusing your team on renewals, on retention, on customer coming back, promise, uh, make sure that the company is aligned with the post sales experience and everyone understands that it shouldn't be this way, right? And you should keep the party going. Right. Um, Well, let me, let's go back to the SLA where you said the first time a customer calls, they should be blown away by how quickly you return. And then the second time you don't have to try so hard. Well, I think I'm going to go in and say, I I think I know where you're going. I could, I could disagree if we kept going further and I found out differently, but if the second time they called was really not acceptable by any standard, they're going to be disappointed no matter what. However, if there's this standard where you say to a customer, you're always going to hear back from us within whatever, two hours, one day, whatever it is that you promise. 
And the first time they call, they hear back in 15 minutes instead of two hours. They're going to be impressed. But at the second time, it is an hour, hour and 15. It's still within the two hours that would have made the customer happy anyway. Yeah. yeah. I think, is that where you're going with this? Because if so, I can agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, good, yeah, good. Yeah. We agree, we agree, we agree. But you want to wow them at the beginning because then you have this well experience and potentially customers won't have so many tickets. So uh, you got the wow at first, then the second one will be may, may be okay, uh, but they already trust you. They already um, think- right. As long as they trust. People like doing business with people they know, like, and trust. That's the old saying. But I'll say uh, when we talk about- uh, what it takes to create amazing experience. I don't believe you have to go over the top. I just have, uh, I believe you have to create an experience that's consistent. It's predictable. It's maybe slightly above average. In other words, if we don't need to get back to them in one minute. If we got back to them in a half an hour, an hour, they would probably be totally happy because what you want your customers to say is, I love doing business with them, or I love that company because uh, they always are knowledgeable when I call. They're always friendly. They always get back to me quickly. And even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them. And that word always followed by something positive. And I believe if that happens, your customers will live with you happily ever after. How do you like the way I stuck that in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a few open positions if you want at the company. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, yeah. we, we, we're just about out of time. And I always love to end with the one thing question. So I'm going to ask it. Is there one nugget of information that you would love for our audience to hear from you and uh, your friends at Ever After? Yeah. Um, so we are so focused and in love with creativity and how uh, customer experience is the place to be creative. You have the product or your offer or your service, uh, but customer experience is about creativity because it shouldn't be expensive. It shouldn't be over the top. It should be aligned with what you know about your customers and how you can uh, make things good for them and really encourage um, getting the creativity, the creative ideas out of your team because they're the one working with customers. Oh, they yeah. know they have insights on what, what can make them happy. Uh, sometimes it's super easy. Sometimes it's super simple, um, like having something on your website or, or things like this. So um, we do encourage uh, people to work with their teams and figure out uh, new ideas um, to create a better customer experience. And I just want to emphasize that is so important, but I want to add to that, that you have to create as a leader, you have to create the environment that encourages the front line and the people that are dealing directly with customers to bring ideas. They won't get shot down. They won't get embarrassed. They'll get feedback saying, Hey, that's a great idea. This is how we might use it. That's a great idea. I'm going to store it. We can't do something with it, but at least you're giving them some feedback and letting them know that they're appreciated for what they do. And I'll add one other thing. It, rather than just depend upon the front line, bringing that information, how about leadership? Go hang out on the front line and spend time talking to customers and actually be part of the support world, the success world, and maybe even go out with salespeople and make some calls. Yeah, this would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. And it's not a dream. And, and when that happens, people will work with you and want to be with you and you all can live together in harmony happily ever after. <laughs> we have a new slogan for the podcast, I think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Noah, thanks for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You have been amazing. And thank you. And all the way from Israel too. So it's it actually, it's late afternoon here. So it's almost nighttime, ready for you to go to bed. So thank you for joining <laughs> us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. 
All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Again, I want to thank our sponsor, MindBreeze. With MindBreeze Inspire, customer service reps can easily and quickly search for and find the answers they're looking for to resolve customer issues. With that in mind, I want all of you to come back next week because we'll have another amazing interview, I promise. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>